This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to CliffCentral.com. This is unreal, uncensored, unscripted radio. Africa's largest podcast footprint, and you're listening to In Conference with Michael Jackson right here on your favorite channel. This is internet radio at its best, and the reason I'm on with this show is that I'm a conference speaker. I speak all over the world on conferences, about 180 of them a year, and I get to meet some really interesting people. They're leaders, thought-providing gurus, they're entrepreneurs, multimillionaires, rock stars sometimes as well. But in every single guest, what we're hoping to do here at Cliff Central is bring you a little bit of a taste of what they do in their real life so that you can learn from it. Grab an idea, take a thought, run with it. And I'm also, as you'll get to know by listening religiously to this show, very proud of South African homegrown talent. My guest this afternoon is no exception to that. He is an amazing individual, a speaker colleague around the world. He appears, gosh, all over the place. He's the author of a book entitled How to Win Influence and Friend People. He is a master guru of understanding how on earth you can influence people around you in the real world. His name is Ryan Hogarth, and he's joining us live in the studio to talk about what's going on in his world. Ryan, good afternoon. What's been happening in your life? Oh, it's been an amazing year. I've, I've uh, spent quite a bit of time roaming Africa, uh, you know, South Africa, of course, and then Ghana, Nigeria, Zambia, and I was fortunate enough to be in, in Switzerland and Italy back in May. And uh, it's been a great year to see what's happening in the conference world uh, internationally around the world. Um, and, you know, over in Switzerland back in May, I was, you know, you're in Switzerland, you think these people are efficient and great and, you know, they're going to have an awesome conference. And it was, it was amazing to see that from a South African context, what we're doing here is no, uh, no worse than what's happening around the world. I think our standards just are as good. High. Just as good indeed. Yeah. So you're yeah. a master of influence. You're influencing your own life. You're traveling globally. You're speaking all over the place. What the hell is influence? This is an ongoing project for me to understand what influence is because influence is critical in business. If you're going to do anything in this world, well, if you're going to ask a friend for a favor, if you're going to build a business, if you're going to build a community of, of, of customers, if you're going to have a workforce that's passionate about what you're doing, influence is critical. But the very nature of influence is shifting and, and it continues to shift from what it was back in the 80s and back in the 90s where you know influence was bought. Uh, I think in most parts, certainly from a business point of view, if you had the advertising money, the marketing money, you could buy influence. But with the advent of social media, uh, mobile technology, the internet, and just technology in general, the uh, there's been a shift to customers, to consumers. They have the power. They've got all the knowledge, all the options, and access to so much information. So the way we influence people is very different today. So that's my ongoing fascination. So whether you're working for somebody, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a successful businessman, you're all going to need influence at some point, right? Oh, without question. You know, if you're, if you're climbing the corporate ladder, uh, influence is critical. If you're building a business and are going after a segment of market, influence is critical. So influence plays a part in all of our lives all the time. How do you get it? Well, I think so far where what I've distilled it to or what I think is quite important, it kind of forms a triangle. If we have influence represented as a triangle made up in, in, of three pillars, three corners being communication, 
credibility, and then trust. You know, if you're communicating with people, communicating openly and honestly, then you build credibility because that's where your uh, expertise shines through. And the more credibility you have, the more people come to trust you. And if you can get people to trust you, they're there and willing to listen to you. They're willing, they're receptive to your communication. And so it builds. And I think those are the three pillars that... uh, that we should all be focusing on, you know, how do I show my credibility? Why am I in a position to tell you or to provide you with value and information? And when the information is true and correct and it does add value, well, good, now I can trust you. Now I'm willing to hear more from you and, and I'm and interested in uh, engaging with you at that level. So you build that overall pyramid and therefore you become more influential and I guess as a result, hopefully more successful at whatever you're doing. Yeah, indeed. I mean, and it is all about that. I think, you know, the... The shift has been fascinating, and you know, for many years I spoke about and still do uh, about social media and its impact. But what was most fascinating to me about the rapid and massive adoption of of social media over a ten year period from around two thousand and five was was how influence shifted because you know it, it yeah. wasn't it was no longer about just pushing out messages sort of shotgun marketing we now had to build communities build relationships and and and, and it's just that fascinating shift that often catches us unawares in business you know we're still trying to do old things with new technology rather than understanding how we can reach people better with what we've got and build our build our own credibility trust and communication when i look into the world of social media for me my profile on facebook linkedin LinkedIn, Twitter, as well as my website, my published articles on LinkedIn, all of that is crucial to me. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a convert in terms of, of the cult you're selling of influence here at the moment. And I get it. But I mean, I see most people do it very, very poorly. Why? Is it really about pictures of cats? I mean, come on, that's not influential. No, I think, I, that, <clears throat> again, it sort of comes back to this, this triangle. What are you trying to do? You're in business for something. If you're a specialist... If you're a plumber, if you are selling cornflakes, if you are trying to build a massive brand, massive clothing brand, it all well, why should I engage with your brand? Why must I buy from and buy into your brand? What are you about? And uh, the social platforms, the technology, mobile, all of this provides a means for you to showcase your expertise, your credibility, why you're there to add, how you can add value, what what makes you who you are. And, and when you use it from that point of view to build relationships, to build that expertise, then I think you start to succeed. I think where people tend to go wrong is, is they're still trying to do old things with new technology. Yeah. You know, how do I, how do I bombard my message out without being interested in what's coming back to me? And we see that a lot. You know, I have, uh, you know, issues where, where, where people are following hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and have hundreds of thousands of followers. I go, okay, well, is there engagement going on there? You're just bombarding tweets out there, but are you actually communicating? Are you listening? Is there a, a reciprocal conversation going on? And without that, you can't build credibility. You can't build influence. We're talking with Ryan Hogarth, the author of How to Win Influence and Friend People, who's also a global conference speaker as well. I came up with a figure that I saw in the media. The Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago said, Gartner, the IT company that predict trends, were saying that next year, 2016, there will be some 647 billion US dollars worth of gadgets sold attached to a screen. Now, this is screen time that we're talking about. And screen time used to be, well, a Hollywood celeb or a newsreader on Sky or CNN Mm. or Al Jazeera. But really now, everything we do is dominated by screen technology from 
the small screen up to the biggest screen. I mean, I was working with Acer recently, the IT company. Their business is about enhancing screen time. It's not about selling mm. IT. You've got to be the best you can be on screen, right? Without question. And it is fascinating to see the unpredicted or the unintended, unpredicted consequences of things that happen. You know, the mobile phone, when it became a big thing in South Africa during the 90s, you know, it was all about, wow, I can make a phone call from anywhere. No one would foresee what would come of it. I, you know, if I look at my myself at home, it, it fascinates me. I have a 55-inch screen in my lounge but I most often find myself sitting in my, in, you know, in my bedroom or another room with my tiny little uh, smartphone screen. I'm glad you said smartphone stuff. screen. Your <laughs> tiny little thing. Worried. This is unscripted, uncensored, on radio. But I was wondering where the hell that was going, Mr. Hogarth. But it's true, isn't it? You've got to be a master of that screen time in, in terms of who you are and how people see you through it. Without question. I mean, the, the mobile device has become the, the absolute master of our lives almost because it, it, it is the thing that is always no, no more than about 20 or 30 centimeters from us at any given time. You know, we're running our lives. We're, we're monitoring what's going on. We're keeping, we're taking our personal body pulse as well as our life pulse all the time with this device. So if you're not there and not accessible through there, um, you're nowhere. And and all of this comes back to influence. If you think about who you're trying to reach and, okay, great, we've got a website. Well, fabulous. Is it accessible through a mobile device? If it isn't or it's difficult to, uh, to navigate around, you've lost your customer. You've you lost might as well that. have another in the yellow pages. Correct. Uh, so you've lost that contact, that connection. Then you say, okay, well, we should have a Twitter account. And you put one out there and then you take about three days to answer answer tweets because you've got a corporate hierarchy that has to, you know, four people that need to approve every tweet that goes out. And you think you're doing the right thing, but you're probably making it worse because you're on a platform where people expect instant response and they're not getting it. So you, so the, the communication leg of that three pillars of influence falls away. Uh, you know, your customers expect you to be always on and available at their convenience, at their schedule. And, and that's where you're trying to build. Where are they? Do you know where they are and how they're using technology? And are you there interacting and engaging with them? There's a school of thought that says screen time might dehumanize people. Do you think we are dehumanizing ourselves or are we more humanizing ourselves through technology? I think humanness is evolving. The way, the way we interact is, is changing. And, you know, a classic example is, you know, old school parents, you know, people like yourself, Michael, or myself, we see kids and the way they, they interact with instant messaging and, you know, their spelling, their dicta, you know, the way they, they compose sentences and it freaks us out. Yet that is the nature of evolution of, of our humanness. I, if, if humanness is defined as connection with others, I think we're doing it at unprecedented levels. You know, never before have we been able to maintain global networks with other people, people we've met, people we haven't met, people we would like to meet, people that are important to us. And, uh, you know, I get a personal thrill from that, the idea that I can just have this massive network and, and actively engage them. What could be more human than that? Yeah, I love that thought. Now, your book title, How to Win Influence and Friend People, I mean, you want influence, you've got to establish your brand credibility, but you also want to win friends, whether they're associates, colleagues, neighbors, or business people. I mean, Michael, we have the bizarre situation in, in, in business today where your average customer, no matter the size of brand they're engaged with, that they're buying from, that they're buying into, expect a level of, of personal interaction. You know, they want to feel like they matter, that their voice is important, which is why 
people freak out when they get bad service and they're all, you know, no one answers the phone or they can't get an answer to a tweet because they say, well, I don't treat my friends like this. I don't, I certainly wouldn't treat my friends like that. So why is this brand treating me that way? And of course, we understand and accept that Facebook forever changed what a friend is. You know, back in the 90s, it was quite simple. You know, if we were mates, we would go out and get, you know, have a drink and we would cover for each other as necessary. That was a friend, you know, and, and, and if we needed a shoulder to cry on, great. That was, that was a friend. Of course, Facebook has kind of expanded that view. Um, and it fascinates me to see people at conferences who will talk to each other and after a few minutes realize that they are actually friends on Facebook, but they've never met. But um, so, so, yes, of course, we are trying to make friends and friends by whatever definition is a relationship and that is reciprocal it's uh you know if you think of two friends they 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 acknowledge the importance of each other and it's the same with a brand building an army of cast of loyal fans they have to be friends with all of those loyal fans and i guess in many respects you're the poster child for your own policy anyway because you know your own rise to global stardom has taken just a few short years i've been you know treading the conference boards for like 17 years you've gone global in about four or five i mean you're living and eating your own cornflakes aren't you without a doubt and i you know just the idea that i, I honestly get incredibly excited at this idea of being being connected and be able, being able to instantly communicate and i see a lot of people who 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 get a little they feel a little overwhelmed with this connected world and they they feel desperate to turn off their phones at five o'clock because they okay well this is now my time and i want to switch off until tomorrow morning or switch off for the weekend yet the global nature of business today is that it is always there you know you can be doing a deal over breakfast sitting in a hotel in Mauritius with someone having lunch in Dubai or whatever the case may be, you know. So just the idea that I can, you know, if someone reaches out to me at 11 o'clock at night from somewhere else in the world, I'm there, I can give them what they need, provide them what they need, have an engagement with them. And and it really does, you know, that, that instant communication. It's remarkable for me to see how quickly that builds credibility and trust with the people most important to you. Where do people find your book? How do they find... Well, I'm going to say, how do they find you? They Google Ryan Hogarth. That would be the easiest way, yeah. I, um, I, I try very hard to be easy to find. But yeah, ryanhogarth.com, um, at Ryan Hogarth. But yeah, Google, you'll find it. You can also find us on Twitter on the hashtag cliffcentral.com if you want to know more about Ryan, what he does, and where he is. But a phenomenal speaker around the planet as well. I mean, the key walkaway for your audiences, final question for you, when people leave your speeches or having read your book, mm. what's the one thing you want them to take away? I want them to see the opportunity that exists in this world because it's easy to be overwhelmed. You know, you, you can see all the, the negative side of things and go, oh, there's so much to do and there's so many platforms and, I, oh, you know, there's constant connection. It's, but you know what? There has never been a better time to be in business than today because of the opportunity that's there. And if you look for it, it is there. Who are your customers? Where are they then that you have such amazing choices and opportunities to reach them, engage them, and, and grow your business? Absolutely awesome stuff. Ryan Hogarth, time is always against us in a 15-minute show. A real pleasure having you as a guest here in the studios at cliffcentral.com. What's next for you? Where are you off to next? Um, I know I, I know I've got Zambia at the end of the month, and um, I, I just got a deal for Dubai. That's only in November, though. But uh, So immediately it's Johannesburg and Zambia. 
excellent and you can find them all over the web ryan hogarth go look for him you've been listening to in conference with michael jackson right here on your favorite internet platform this is cliffcentral.com africa's largest podcast footprint and you can help grow that by spreading this podcast as well win some more influence win some more friends hell i might even follow you ryan might follow you get hold of us spread the word this is cliffcentral.com this is the religion that you most need we're back every tuesday 1445 This is cliffcentral.com.